0: You're listening to Megiddo Radio. Megiddo Radio is a radio ministry of Megiddo Media. For more, visit our website at megidoradio.com. That's megidoradio.com.
1: And welcome. This is Paul Flynn with a Radio for Tuesday, the 12th of October 2021. Thank you all for tuning in on tonight's program. Which is if you are listening to this and watching this through YouTube, or if you are watching this on Sermon Audio, it's very much an experimental live stream. Um, I'm trying a different setup. And I'm going to see if this works, and if it works tonight, we're going to keep going with it as long as possible. Uh, long and short of it is the the stream is going to go through a different computer. I'm not sure if I was overloading the Mac, um, and so you know I'm using two computers. Long long short of it is, and hopefully it will mean that OBS won't crash like it did other programs and if it does I have to basically go back to the drawing board again so um, hopefully this setup will work today hopefully it's going okay if you would be so kind it would be wonderful does the audio sound okay I'm not sure you know because <laughs> I have changed around a few things the audio might be terrible today hopefully it's not apologies if it is um hopefully the picture's okay it looks a bit bright on on youtube for some weird reason not sure why that is but again this is going to be very you you're not going to know unless it works um until you do it and here we are um you know testing the waters and a new setup um and if this doesn't work we're i have another backup plan but um hoping I don't need to go there. So, uh, greetings, everybody. Uh, This is, uh, if you want to chat, if you want to ask questions during the program, you can come to YouTube. um, And that's probably the most interactive place to go, but there's also sermon audio. You can listen at megittaradio.com forward slash live. And it's probably the easiest of the the streams available so tonight we're going to be after we read we, we begin with reading scripture like we, we've normally been doing before we're going to try and get back to some of the things we would do in the, the live program before but um, we're going to be looking at Jordan Peterson a video well it was part of an interview done by Andrew Clavin Andrew Clavin of the Daily Wire I listened to, and I have for a number of years, listened to a number of the Daily Wire podcasts for a good number of years at this point. Obviously, I don't agree with everything on the Daily Wire because it's not an exclusively Christian platform, but in a number of different areas, I would agree with a lot of the the material on the Daily Wire. I would agree with a lot of the things at times that, Jordan Peterson would say, but, um, I have on the program before I've responded to some of Jordan Peterson's material, especially some of it. I think I, I responded a couple of years ago to his, I think it might've been the Genesis one and Cain and Abel. Um, but so I have done things on Jordan Peterson before this isn't really to pick on Jordan Peterson. He's, he's very respectful of, Believers, for what I can see, um, pray for him. Pray that he'll come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he doesn't, he's clearly not a Christian. We'll we'll, we'll we'll dive into his own comments later on. Um, But he, yeah, he, he's pretty much somewhat of a, a, an agnostic, really, who does chime in and comment on the Bible. Um. So, okay, before we get into that, let us go to Psalm 47. And in Psalm 47, we're going to read all of Psalm 47 and that it would anchor us as we go forward. Again, um, it always depends on the nature of the critique you're doing. The critique, This critique with Jordan Peterson later is, is kind of interesting because it is very much someone... Who is he's not a believer, he's teaching things, but he doesn't claim to be, and he's kind of commenting on the Bible. And it's like, where do you come down? And I suppose we should come down and be as gracious as possible because, you know, that he, not from the point of view of some kind of a false teacher, but in the point of view of someone who's probably sincerely seeking as sincerely as an unbeliever can. So, in in the midst of all this, may we hope that it will either bless you if you're a Jordan Peterson reader or fan or whatever you want to call yourself, and also the Petersons themselves. You know, these are uh, these are people created in the image of God, and we we need to not forget that. So, Psalm forty seven. Let us hear God's holy and infallible word. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. He will subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. And the nations. He will choose our inheritance for us. The excellence of Of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. And we'll, we'll just pray before we begin our critique as well. Almighty Father, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we we come before you and we pray, Lord, that you would please bless those listening live and also those listening to the program later on. And may your great and mighty name be honored and glorified. We pray pray for Jordan. We pray for the rest the rest of the Petersons and we pray, O oh Lord, that if this ever comes across uh the Petersons, Lord, that it would bless them and help them to come to know Christ Jesus. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be going through that and Um Again if you want if you want to get this video and you want to listen back yourself, it's not a very long video. It's called Does Jordan Peterson Believe in God? Pretty much the same title of this podcast. So uh, I'm going to put it in the background there. And there. <laughs> and we'll start and uh, we'll comment on it. Um, again, Andrew Clavin asked him the question, does he believe in God? Because I think, I think for a while people have been confused with some of the things he has said, but we'll let him say it in his own words.
2: This is, I, I think, a subject of fascination to everybody who, who listens to you. And certainly to me, I, I, whenever I've talked to you, I've, I've always, I can't help but ask you if, if you believe in God and I've always felt that I was being kind of cruel, like a guy shooting at somebody's feet, you know, <laughs> to make them dance around. But but even as you were talking just now, I was thinking, you know, I, I, know, I know you're a Jungian, and, and I'm not as big a fan of, of Jung as, as you are. Uh, and I've always thought that Jung didn't actually understand what faith was when he talked about the fact that we don't know whether God is just our experience of the totality of things. Uh, I think people of faith know they don't know. That's why it's called faith and not. I'm
1: I'm not going to go, by the way, for those who want me to go into all of the, the psychological and Jung and Freud and all this kind of stuff. I'm not going to go into that today. I'm not really that well versed in a lot of uh, these philosophical minds. So just if you are looking for me to go, I'm really just going to be responding to somebody's comments about belief in God because I think the problem is so many of these discussions do get bogged down with making it seem like it is a difficult topic. It really isn't. And the gospel is really simple and the fact that God exists and we have a conscience and the fact that we will stand before him is is very plain and evident for all to see. And this is going to, tr- I'm going to try to the best of my ability to simplify this down in such a way that hopefully anybody can understand it, that we need to know God. We know that God exists and we suppress the truth and unrighteousness If we don't see that and we become what Psalm 14 says, The fool has has said in his heart, there is no God.
2: Knowledge. Have you changed? I mean, recently I've watched interviews with you where you seem like you've gotten a a more personal, you're having a more personal interaction with this idea. Uh, Is that fair?
0: Well, when I did, uh, I did a biblical lecture series on Genesis, which has proved to be quite popular, I suppose, if that's the right word for it. Um, And I discovered while doing that that the the word Israel meant those who struggle with God. Well, that's fair enough. And so then I'm a member of the camp of Israel. (laughs) And and is that faith? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've been accused of, you know, wiggling out of this answer continually. And I mean... So...
1: One who... I don't know if he's being facetious or if I don't know if he's being serious. One who wrestles with God really goes back to to Israel Jacob wrestling with God in prayer. So um and in the wrestling he's seeking the blessing of God. So um it, it's not he doesn't wrestle with whether God exists. He wrestles with God because he knows that God exists. Um, it's in Genesis. Don't have the reference off the top of my head. But the whole idea is this, that because he knows that God exists and because he knows the, the reality of who he is, and how he will not let him go until he blesses him.
0: I have to take refuge, in some sense, in my own ignorance. I'm striving towards what I pursue it perceive as the ideal. I- yeah, and, and this is kind of
1: for such an intellectual heavyweight. Let's, I and I, and in some ways, when I say that, I don't know is that because of the current climate of. We don't have many men like Jordan Peterson around because of, is it to do with the lack of academic standards across the board? I'm not sure. But you can't retreat into ignorance on this issue. The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19.1. If we look around, we see evidence for God is creator all around us. It's unmistakable. And outside of the Bible, even without a Bible, we know from creation, we know from the created order, and we also know from the law of God written in our hearts because we are image bearers of God that, even unbelievers, that there is a God. Now, unbelievers will suppress that truth, will fight against that. The the image of God is not completely obliterated in fallen man. So he knows when he sins to a degree that he is sinning against a holy and righteous God. The heavens declare the glory of God. It doesn't say of a God or some unknown idea. Yes, man in his ignorance and his suppression of the truth. And because of he, there's a sense in which he doesn't want to know God because to know God means he needs to submit to the wisdom of God. And this is a, this is a problem. Every, everyone's got their idols to repent of. Everyone's got their difficulties and their challenges before they become a Christian. We're all dead in trespasses and sins until the Lord makes us alive to know our our problem. But the problem with many people who are, say, university educated, very, very smart people in in a worldly sense, they find it they have to understand everything. And the problem is then you, you end up with a God who is, an idol. A God that man can completely understand. And because Jordan doesn't understand everything, he feels he can't submit to that God. And and I would put put it like this if you could understand everything about this God and understand all the all the we we wouldn't want to submit to him because he wouldn't be truly awesome and beyond so far beyond us which he is the true god of heaven and earth and we know that he exists a simple illustration is if you find a book somewhere you know that there's an author you're not scratching your head saying that the book wrote itself or we're not sure if the book has an author you study you read the book then to discover more about the author what are his style of writing? What is his... Um, you can pick up clues about the author through the way he writes. If you, if, you, if you study a painting, you learn about the artist. Well, when you look at creation, you learn of the Lord's handiwork. You see monuments to the Lord's glory. And it's God who needs to be glorified, not the created world. The artist who created it is far more important than the final work. So this God we submit to is not a God we can reduce down to psychological, philosophical, or any other suppositions of man he is his ways are above our ways and we need to submit to him and learn of him learn of his instruction and be taught by him and and the more we are taught by him as believers in Jesus Christ the more we we see how little we truly know more and more and because of that, because he is so wonderful, and the more we get to learn of him, of his attributes, of his goodness, of his glory, of his truth, of his mercy, then the thought of worshiping him for all of eternity is is wonderful. It's not just some intellectual pursuit. It's far more important than that. He is beautiful. He is glorious. He is wonderful. He is. Wonderful to behold. And we need to rejoice in him as believers in Jesus Christ. Delight in him.
0: Attempt to be truthful in my speech and in my approach to life. And to embody the classic virtues to the degree that I'm capable. Um, And I believe that that is faith because that's what you stake your life on. Faith is what you stake your life on. It isn't your agreement with a set of propositions. I believe that to be an improper interpretation of of the word faith, because faith is expressed in action. You have to to make assumptions to proceed in life. You do that in a marriage. Your marriage is held together by faith. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean you believe your wife exists? (laughs) No, that isn't what it means. It means that you've decided
1: And there's certain truths to the marriage analogy. You know, in in Ephesians chapter five, the relationship between Christ and the bride is like into a marriage. Um, we see the the picture of Christ and the bride, also seen in the Song of Solomon. So there is that bride trusting in her husband but in all of these pictures even it doesn't show even the full picture of it it is the bride is delivered represented by her husband her husband safely delivers her nurtures her tends to her this trust is yeah it's not just a purely intellectual pursuit Um, I'm not sure who's making that argument, but I'm going to presume that people have made that argument too. No, it's more than that. It's the classical way of dividing it up has been knowledge. You must know what you believe. It can't just be some thing that you don't believe and you don't know the the content of what you believe. It must also be a sense of knowledge, a sense. You must believe that these these. Things are true. If you don't believe they're true, well, you can't trust in them. And then the last part is trust. Knowledge, assent, and trust. So you can believe things are true, but it doesn't mean you trust in it. There are people who will believe that much of the Bible is true. They'll say this is true, and they'll say a man named Jesus was on the earth. He was good, and other things like that. But they don't trust in it. They haven't placed their faith in Christ. It's not just pure head knowledge. And works demonstrate what type of faith we have. We see this in the book of James. In James's epistle. In chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. But we've got to be careful to point out that faith of the gift from God. Faith, trust in Jesus Christ, is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But at the same time, that faith is seen with evidence of works. But the works and that faith, because it's given graciously, don't mix. So because we're saved by faith alone, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. He he hadn't drifted into that, but um, I think sometimes it can be tempting to talk about we're saved by faithfulness rather than faith alone. That alone instrument by which we lay hold upon Christ, his finished work, his completion of the task
0: you're going to bet your life on your marriage and did i have i bet my life on god well yes does that mean that i know that god exists well I, how would i know i
1: uh, i find this quite an astonishing clay and again i'm I might have been guilt. Uh, you know, sometimes I look back at old critiques that I've done in the past, and I wonder if I have done it in. I suppose we all learn as we go along in the right spirit. You see, there's a there's <coughs> there's the person who is seeking and genuinely coming along and trying to find out and wrestling with these things. And uh, okay, not quite getting there, but what will we do, I suppose, then it's sad that he is spreading these ideas publicly and he's got a lot of things on genesis and things like that um the thing is uh welcome um somebody joining in the chat room that's great uh, if anybody else is in the chat room let us know um let us know as well <laughs> um because this this program's very much a an experiment if it doesn't work, if the, if the audio doesn't sound I don't know because I've, I've basically different inputs from a mixer and stuff like that that are going into the, the YouTube today. So if people in the chat would let us know, is the audio good, is it terrible, whatever the case may be. Um, and also I don't know if the video is good or bad. It doesn't look great on one of the monitors here. I don't know if that's just this. It always looks like this. Not sure. So if you could let us know about that, that'd be that'd be wonderful. <laughs> you don't have to wait until the end of the program to find out how bad um, the live show it turned out. Worst case scenario, this will be available on podcast. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna try a few things and uh, hope hope something sticks. So, um, the. The astonishing claim, Jordan Peterson, here is he—he's how to put it? Bet his life on God, but he—he he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, thank you for letting me know about the audio. That's that's wonderful. Thank you guys uh, in the chat. We really appreciate that. Um, and and so he he says he doesn't know if God exists. So he's really just ignored the knowledge part so it's almost like if you want to take that analogy that's used so far with with marriage well are you saying you're going to trust in something you're not even sure if it's real you're not you say oh i'm not even sure if i'm married well how can you really trust so true and saving faith must have knowledge It must know and it must dissent that that is true. There was a, in the 19th century, a movement that, that cropped up called liberalism. And to summarize down, the problem with liberalism was this. They believed that the head knowledge didn't matter. You are just having trust in some unknown God. Now, we don't know everything about God. Yeah, granted, we, we don't know everything about God. We will never know everything. We will never know God exhaustively, but we, we are to know him savingly. See the difference? We are finite creatures. He is the infinite creator of heaven and earth. So I am just checking <laughs> uh, it said I got you know so this is experiment again just to say this this program's being an experiment and on the screen it just said no data <laughs> what everybody wants to see 30 minutes into a program. Ah! So yeah, hopefully it'll be fine. Um, I've actually got a backup here um, that I'm going to experiment with um, so we're going to try a few things. You see, I'm hoping with the program that whatever solution we come to, uh, I'm just basically using solutions that I already have here and try not to spend any money, more money on a radio. That would be wonderful. Um, uh, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I know what somebody in the chat room t- talks about new thought. I think is that referring to the new thought movement in the 19th century, which would have been a, a precursor or something that came before the new age movement uh, a little bit before, you know, you know, the new age movement was called a new thought kind of movement of an earlier form of it. Yeah. I, and you will see elements of it because Jordan Peterson is so influenced by psychology. He's a psychologist. So he, and he's not really, and f- from, the little, I know, I've never, look, I've not read Jordan Peterson. I've listened to a lot of his talks. But he is very much into Jungian psychology and things like that. So it, a lot of what is in the New Age and all this kind of stuff is influenced by, some of them are at least are influenced by Jung and Freud and all this kind of thing. Um, but they're also influenced by all sorts of things. The, the New Age and even the New Thought Movement is quite, a mix of ideas and and it's not the first movement to come along he's not a registered teacher he's not like part of some, he's not a professing Christian even so the way I would treat him is a little bit different than the way I would treat somebody who's claiming to be a Christian preacher if he was, well he would be a false teacher because he doesn't know the Lord um, but he, um, I hope, and I know a lot of people do, and we should all hope. When anybody, when you see anybody coming close to the truth, hopefully that they will come to know Jesus Christ, and and this goes for anybody. Um, it's not just because Jordan Peterson is is famous. Sometimes we can get wrapped up in, well, because Jordan Peterson's famous. No, we should be excited for the farmer down the road or the, the person who s- sweeps the streets or whoever to get saved. just as We should be just as excited about that testimony, by the way, than this. But the reason I'm doing this for a program is because Jordan Peterson is very influential and hopefully if you were a follower of his and you would agree with him a lot of things that hopefully this critique will be a help to you to realizing a few things that you must know God. The heavens declare the glory of God. We, we can see all the evidence of it all around us that we have been created in the image of God. So we have enough information in the world around us and in our own hearts to condemn us. We just don't have enough to save us. It's only in the scriptures that we go to find out that there was a substitute, that there was the lamb that was slain to take away the sin of all those who were chosen before the foundation of the world by God the Father. There, God does not owe us mercy. We can know from creation that we are in trouble. And it's a scary thought, and it's why... It's why... Many people suppress the truth and righteousness. It it tormented Martin Luther before he came to know the Lord. He said, if God is righteous and, and just, he hated him. He saw that he hated him. And then he saw that per, were the perfect justice, justice was satisfied at the cross. And then he saw wonderfully that the just shall live by faith. We'll continue on with Jordan Peterson.
0: Can't know and neither can anyone else that's the thing you can't know and I, I also do understand that there are experiences
1: this i'd have a massive problem with because this whole thing you can't know you can't possibly know that you have exhaustible knowledge to say that you definitely can't know and again i would put it you you can't you, you do know everybody knows and it's why that when people reject the truth and when people come to talking about things about God and morality and other things like that sound foolish or irregular. Now, of course, a lot of things we would agree with Jordan Peterson on on a lot of different issues. However, he's still suppressing the truth and the righteousness
0: transcend the normative human there are experiences that transcend our normal realm obviously that they can be induced chemically for example there there's a domain of spiritual experience but I can't say that I know I understand what that means I, I can just stand outside it in some sense and say well
1: okay let me use an analogy here you're you're not going to go fly on an airplane because you don't completely understand all the mechanics you need to go off and get a, an engineering degree to understand how all the parts of the airplane go together you, you're not happy to accept that it will fly you have to study it out and make sure that you're going to trust this thing with your life because this thing this plane this is going over an ocean we we don't do that do we 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 can see from other times that planes are extremely safe form of transport we don't i don't know how they exactly fly you know i wouldn't be able to build one things like that but we still trust them many people Lots and lots of people don't understand. I don't, yeah, probably not better to use that example because it's too controversial lately with vaccines. But, um, you know, there's lots of medicines people take and we don't exactly understand how they work, but we trust the judgment of the doctor who gives it to us. We wouldn't apply this kind of logic. to I need to understand everything or I can't trust it. Um, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that with virtually anything else. This is... If Jordan is being honest with himself, he is intellectually trying to duck and dive away from the reality that God exists. And, and, and we know that he exists, To such a degree that he's saying, well, I'm not even, you know, chemically induced, or what, are we all having the same hallucination at the same time, or... "The, The lengths of entanglement that you need to get to, in order to come to these conclusions, it becomes more and more absurd, and then you can't know anything, and... Actually, if you follow down the rabbit trail and the thought, of Jordan Peterson here, you end up with the postmodern postmodernism. Now, he will stop and say, well, no, enough's enough. But where does the the line stop? They I say, this is right and this is wrong. Well, man decides. The problem with postmodernism is, well, no one really. Um, And they they tend to have much of the same problem with a lot of these worldviews.
0: I do believe, for example, that What's central to Christianity, at least in part, is a centuries-long discussion about the nature of what's ideal. That seems to me to be perfectly obvious, and that a society has to do that because we want our young people and our old people, for that matter, to embody the ideal. I don't know what that ideal means metaphysically. What's ideal? Only God.
1: You know, the be imitators of God, Ephesians five one, followers of God, because he. God is love. The perfect moral standard is God. To be like God. And I don't mean be like God in terms of being omnipotent and omnipresent. We can't be like God in that way. But we are to be like God in what theologians would call his communicable attributes. We are to be holy. Be holy for I am holy, God says to his people. It's quoted in 1 Peter chapter 1. Um. We, the, the the ideal, the perfect moral standard is God. Or otherwise, it, it's just a an unknowable thing or something that societies just come together and agree upon. And if it's just something societies come together and agree upon, whatever that you know perfect standard is, well, what's to say that this movement of transgender rights and all this kind of stuff isn't what's right and what's wrong because society just gets together and decides what's right and wrong. And this is the problem with this. Unless you have the God of heaven and earth, unless you have that foundation of that moral standard, that perfect righteousness at the foundation of a society, it will eventually unravel. And the things that even Jordan Peterson writes against, he's borrowing from a Christian worldview ethically a lot of the time, but then when it comes down to the very foundation to which that e- those ethical decisions, those ethical reasonings are borne out, he abandons it. A lot of people like certain results of the Christian faith. They like that usually families are more stable together. They like, you know, father and a mother stay together. Maybe the divorce rate, hopefully, is much lower. You know, sadly, that doesn't always happen. But they like these things. But they just don't want the God of heaven and earth to submit to him. They see the good blessings of that. But they're not willing to submit to him and follow him. And they haven't seen that they're just as sinful
0: as anyone else. Right. Right, in relationship to reality, because I don't understand, for example, the relationship between the objective and the subjective at all. And I don't understand consciousness at all. And I, I don't know what its metaphysical role in being is. I mean, from the object So what?
1: I don't understand a lot of things too. You don't need to. If I find a book in an island, I don't have to understand how the author found the ink or how he made a pen or how he stitched the pages together. Irrelevant. I just know there's an author and I know about the author. And if he signed his name on the book, I know that he did it. How exactly he got from A to B doesn't mean that he isn't there. We may not understand a lot of things. We don't have to. We don't have to understand how God spoke the world into existence. He is beyond our understanding. He's not contrary to reason, no. But he's beyond our reason. He is wonderful, glorious, worthy to be praised. And this is why this is why we need to study about him. Because if we don't keep ourselves... In the word of God, what happens? We start to think of God not as lofty and wonderful and glorious. We think of God merely just like another human being. We need to constantly remind ourselves of how wonderful God is. And so... Jordan wants a God that he understands completely. He, he wants to understand everything. What's about this? I don't accept that unless I understand this. He wants an idol. He wants an idol. And it's, it's highly unlikely that Jordan Peterson will ever watch this video. But if in the Lord's providence, he, that I pray, Jordan, that you'd see. You don't need to know these things. To know that there's, and I mean, no, I don't mean there's a probability. You know that God exists, you know, he's there, you know, uh, you know, from creation, you know, from your conscience and you know, you've broken God's law. You know that he's good, just, holy, and righteous from creation alone. And you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. But the difference between me and you is I am clothed in the righteousness of Christ. I have trusted in him by faith and by faith alone. Without him, I would go to hell. I deserve hell. The problem is most people, a lot of people on, on the, the right of politically and all this, they don't like to think of themselves as sinners. Remember that thing during what was it the was it Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters? Was it Deplorables? What morally speaking, every single human being is. You see, there's a reaction towards the the eco fascism, which is horrible, of course. Um but we still gotta realize that before God, vertically before God we are deplorable. We are wretches. Our planet, in one sense, is doomed. But it's not because of climate change or that kind of nonsense. It's because of sin. No, by the way, doomed, I need to qualify that. There will be a new heavens and a new earth. There w- this earth is not doomed in that sense, uh, it will be renewed but it will be judged. And the the earth groans and travails under the effects of sin upon the earth. We know this. And because we know this, and I say we know this, we know this, we know this, because when we were faced with this, we, we've got two options. We can go on. Where the truth lies, or we can go into absurdities. Ah, you see, I don't understand everything, objective, subject. I don't have infinite knowledge. Uh, neither do I. A child of six years old or five years old can see from creation. I remember... um. I was doing a short talk with a a number of children. They were four, I think up to about eight or nine. And one of the things I would show them is, you know, a picture of the world. And I would say, what if I told you that there's people who would say that this picture made itself? They all started laughing because they can see how absurd it is. You find a book. You see a picture. There was an artist who drew it. We see the earth. A child doesn't need to be, at least raised in a Christian home at least, to see that God created all that. Doesn't struggle with that. And it's suppressing what we know. Because we don't like it. We don't like what it says about us. And we don't like the fact that we'll have to depend on another person. There are people who are so smart, so gifted intellectually. And they are people that they they figure everything out in so many different areas. They are brilliant. but they're absurd in this area and their dependencies really on themselves and their intellect to figure everything out and it's a miserable existence even here it's
0: miserable in perspective it's nothing but there isn't an objective perspective on consciousness really Right, it doesn't. It doesn't fit in there. It's it's the antithesis of the objective. But there it is. So. Right. So I struggle along, and I share that with the people that objective and subjective from
1: the point of view of who. People, man, man. So it has to be objective to us. We have to be the measure and decide if this is all okay. Again, a god who who fits into our measurements and our specifications and all, is an idol. We are limit. We are finite. We are limited in what we understand. You know, if use analogy, if 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 your car breaks down, you go to the the best person to ask about how to fix it is somebody who's maybe built it. Okay, he's built the car. He's designed it. He knows exactly, you know, all the things. You, we need to be humble enough to submit to the source of all light, the source of all truth, the source of all wisdom, to see where we're wrong. I will only know truths about God because he reveals them to me and he reveals them to us in, in the scriptures. You can't deduce them. You can't use scientific experiments to, we are finite, we are tiny little specks of dust in comparison with God. But because the knowledge of God and the nobility isn't subjected to what is objective, subjective, and all this kind of stuff. It's irrelevant. These are man's measurements. The problem is not God. God is glorious, wonderful. We are finite. We are limited. We
0: there's many things we cannot do. reading me and and listening to me. And I think that's
2: better. It works better that way as well. Well, I can, I can certainly see that, that last point that you made, but I I still think there's something missing from that explanation. It's absolutely certain that everything we experience uh, is, is what we, is a human experience. Everything takes place in our consciousness, but When I sit on this chair, I'm essentially believing in my own sanity. I mean, when when I have the experience of a moral universe, which I think you have to agree can't exist without... uh...
1: Don't get involved in these philosophical debates. Okay? Some Christian theologians over centuries did and were brilliant men and stuff like that. And it's often the smartest among us will get drawn into all that kind of thing. Now, don't... I know that the temptation is to dip into the waters and to, ah, I know it, to debunk it and all this kind of stuff. Just, the pro- it's evading around the problem. Oh, does this, am- is this all like a kind of a, it's all part of our subconscious. Yeah. There was a one very famous Christian theologian who was, did believe something to that degree, but you're you're just ignoring the obvious. You're you're ignoring the creator. You're ignoring the righteous standard. And you're ignoring your sin. And until you start to see these things, well, truth, morality, they're meaningless. Without an, an objective standard. There's your objectivity there. God. Objective moral standard. It's not based on us. Actually, the subjective standard is by what I think is measurable and what I think is reasonable. Again, it's me- you have two gods on on display. You have the true God of heaven and earth, and you've got man's reason. And uh, for Jordan Peterson, this is the throne of man's reason. I know he doesn't see it like this. This is really what's going on.
2: A, a moral ideal. When you have the experience of a moral universe and when you have, when reason has taken you to the point where you can see that that ideal is something that you should follow, isn't it just believing in your own sanity to say yes, God is there. I, that's what I believe in. I believe my you know I, I don't believe my wife is there. I know my wife is there. I believe in my own sanity. It, I understand what you're saying that that sharing your struggle is, is helpful and useful, but at some point don't you have to grasp that your perceptions are actually real, if you were saying? That's a good question.
1: I think it kind of misses the point a little bit. Um, The the, the shift of the, the trust really becomes on your perception and your ability to perceive things, whereas our trust needs to be in God at all times. Not our ability to understand them. Our trust needs to be in God. We can and are often wrong, but God is never wrong.
0: Andrew, I don't know the answer to that. No. To grant, under the, the conditions under which my perceptions are real. I mean... Are dreams real? No. <laughs> and, and, and this is... <laughs>
1: I don't know if you've ever had these painful experiences, where, <laughs> um, yeah, Benjamin wants coffee now. Sorry, Benjamin, I'm I'm being a bad influence you yeah, at this hour tonight. I don't know what time you're listening to. You know, other people around the world. Uh, it is what nearly ten o'clock here in in uh, lovely Northern Ireland. But uh, so yeah, I'm one of those weird people who can drink coffee nearly ten o'clock and still sleep about half an hour later. That's me. But I don't. Not everybody should do it. Um, when I think everybody's had those experiences where you've, you know, those frustrating experiences. You're like, why did I get into this conversation about what is real, what is not, all this kind of these philosophical, metaphysical debates with atheists? You know, if you're giving out tracts and you're giving out church, and it's it, it you you keep drifting away. Don't drift way down there keep the topic on who is God, the fact that they know who God is, don't drift away from that. If they say that they don't, they're suppressing it, but deep down they know that God exists. Don't go down those rabbit trails. Now, I know you could go into the whole thing about dreams and stuff like that, but... Um when whenever that is being presented usually usually it's somebody trying to avoid the obvious when you start waffling about the difficult topics it almost reminds me of somebody writing a, writing an essay in college or something like that. and they don't understand the topic, but they're writing all the way around all the difficult things, all the things that can just stick in there just to really flesh out an answer, but they don't really understand it. And it, it, I suppose you have to say it, it is just somebody dodging a question and and you just see it many, many times when they don't be be strict with yourself. I'm not saying get aggressive or not, be be patient. It's not easy. Be prayerful before you meet up with somebody who's an atheist. Or in this case, he's an agnostic. Agnostic just means, you know, you don't know. He says he doesn't know. He says that nobody can know. He can dogmatically say that. He's absolutely saying that you can't absolutely know, but nah, I digress. Um Don't get sidetracked. Keep it to... See. Here is God. We know that there is God. We not just know that there's a God. We know that the heavens declare the glory of God. This is the way... When Paul, the Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 17, he appealed to creation. quoted pagan poets when it, when it, said it was said in him we move and have our being. The, the Greek philosophers, the Stoics, and all these, they wanted to, they didn't mind following an unknown God. And this is very, very similar to, to Jordan Peterson. There is a righteous only objective standard of truth which we need to submit to which we need to learn from him and realize that he you know we are dependent on him to not understand anything Solomon what did he ask for before God wisdom and you won't have true wisdom until the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom Proverbs 1, seven, And the problem is, at this moment in time, Jordan Peterson, sadly, does not fear God. It seems like he has a fear of not being in control of everything and understanding everything. You know, we can fall into that trap as well as Christians in, in certain aspects. There's plenty of things. There's times when we won't understand things. And we've just got to trust God. Knowing that he is good, that he is holy, and he's righteous.
0: Well, but they're but, but they, they are my perceptions. But they're really they are real yeah. in that they're dreams, and they are
2: representations of reality. And and but I mean, but if you if you dream that it rains, or if somebody chemically induces in you this experience that it rains, the crops still die because the rain hasn't fallen on the crops. If you see rain and the crops grow, then rain has fallen. Right? There is a difference between our perceptions and our perceptions that are real. That's the difference between being Well, well, but that that's that's exactly the issue is you know you, you you said that
0: you stake your sanity to some degree on your belief that your perceptions are real but you...
1: and many people are happy to get the conversation away from god this is where they're comfortable Phlo- philosophers psychologists etc
0: oh, because some of your perceptions fall into the realm of the subjective and some of them fall into the realm of the objective and there aren't any of us wise enough to <laughs> To bridge the gap between those two realities and I-
1: you don't need to bridge the gap god condescended to our understanding um you know a lot of the 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 pictures of god are anthropomorphisms which is like you know talks about him with you know feathers and you know eyes and the hands of god and god doesn't have hands or eyes or anything else like that but he condescends he graciously gives us pitch to understand him and his mercy and his love and his truth he he is invisible he is spirit he's all powerful all knowing but in his word he shows us he teaches us all that we need for life and godliness all scripture is given by inspiration of god is profitable for doctrine for reproof for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped unto every good work every good work so we have everything we need we don't have exhaustive knowledge of God there's not you know the bible doesn't tell us everything that there is to know about God it tells us everything that we need to know to live a christian life on this earth it tells us everything we need to know for salvation everything we need to anything beyond that is we don't need to know god is wise in the truths That he has revealed to us. He has revealed that he has chosen before the foundation of the world. All those who come to him. But he hasn't revealed to us in his word. Those who are elect and haven't yet come to Christ. Has he? So there's certain things. It wouldn't help us would it? To know these things before the time. He's given us what we need. And we also need to trust that. Sometimes. Oh it's not enough. It's not enough. Well. We need, we, need, we need to make sure our, our God is not just pure information about him. We want to know about God. To love him. And he also, you know, there's certain truths, you know, when you first become a Christian that will be beyond us, we won't understand it. But later on, when we can deal with it, because we have the maturity to deal with it, then the Lord shows, us to, shows it to us. And we continue to grow and to change and be conformed to the image of his son if you know if we're truly believers, if we're truly trusting in Jesus Christ.
0: This is part of the reason that you also have a problem with Jung. I mean, I would say Jung certainly acted as if God existed. And when he was pressed, he said, I don't believe I know. It isn't obvious what he meant by that. But when he was pushed as a scientist or a scientifically minded thinker, he said, Well, I can't I can't be sure that our perception of the transcendent totality matches. An external reality Now but that It may not even have to Because
1: um, very good comment There in the chat room um, Benjamin in the chat there um, Also knows Sean uh, I have read both Of his books His rules of life Are biblical principles He doesn't have The sense of humility To understand how God Created everything And gives us His law He doesn't understand The grace of God Like I I will admit I haven't read both of his books I, I know people have read them And like them Um, you know, I think they're just probably general biblical ethics that we know from the created order, and again, it comes from God. They're biblical principles, and I think many are happy to accept biblical ethics without the biblical foundation upon which those ethics are based upon, because without that God, without God, those rules are just completely meaningless and somebody else could come along with their own rules and but we know we 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 know and, and 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 it shows you see we like to cherry pick from god now this suits me now and we cherry pick and all that kind of stuff but uh hopefully like hopefully those books hopefully those books um will get people thinking about right and wrong. I remember back in 2008 when those questions started popping through my mind. What is good? What is evil? All this kind of stuff. And eventually later on, I got saved. I trusted in Christ. I saw myself as a sinner eventually. But um, but sometimes in the grace of God, and it's, you know, the degree at which Jordan Peterson's been able to see biblical principles, He doesn't have the grace of God, of course. But he has common grace. He has a degree of understanding. Like, Jordan Peterson is not as evil and as wicked as he could be. I'm not as, you know, like any unbeliever out there. He, you know, the Lord has given him a certain degree of understanding. It's not saving knowledge. He hasn't been born again of the Spirit of God. He hasn't trusted in God. But he has a certain degree of knowledge. And hopefully, by God's grace, maybe it will inspire people, a generation of people, to not just stop there with the books of Jordan Peterson, but keep going. And then think, why are those principles good? Well, because of the God who created us. And they're really coming from, I suppose, I'm I'm speculating, I haven't read the book, so it isn't from the created order. So, and we've got to remember in all these things, that Jordan Peterson and his family and other people, they're people create the image of God and people have read the books and obviously really like them. And it's like it's, it's, it, it's refreshing, I suppose, considering all the junk <laughs> that's been put out there that this is like so different and, you know, probably almost like a bit of a mentor figure, like a bit of a father figure, maybe in some ways, because of that, maybe that lacking of common sense, wisdom being passed down from generation to generation, but it's borrowing, whenever it's right, it's borrowing from the, the Christian worldview. When it's right, when it's wrong, um, well, you're basically going upon the reason of man.
0: See, this is something else I don't know. I mean, to what degree is sublime religious experience subjective? Let's say it's not a manifestation of, it's not something you experience in the objective world it's something you experience in the subjective world but then people experience it across the subjective world because religious experience is a human universal and it has patterns and structures that 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 make it non idiosyncratic so it's trans
1: and you know and it, it, it's true i'm just going to comment on the things that are true that he says every now and again but yeah it's a common thing across human beings because we've been created in image of god and we will, e- we're, we're worshipers and we'll either worship the true God, or we'll worship an idol. It's not a case of we're not worshipers or we are, you know, we will worship something. We'll worship money, we'll worship fame, we'll worship ourselves, we'll worship whatever. Or we'll worship the true God of heaven and earth.
0: Well, but it's subjective. Well, we don't have a category in Western thought for transpersonal subjective, Right. We think of transpersonal as objective, but there are experiences that are transpersonal and subjective. Well, what did we do with those? And are they real? Well, but then it does. Then that also does depend on what do you mean by real? Because we we ask these questions and we don't notice that the questions themselves, especially when they're deep questions, what is real? Well, when you're asked a question like that, you have to ask the question. Well. When, when I'm not aware of him ever
1: saying, well, if you started, remember how he became famous with the whole pronouns thing. Well, what if you started arguing like that about that? Well, what is real? Well, if you could start arguing about what is real, well, how do we know what is gender? And You see, when the, the foundations have been destroyed, your ethics are gone. And if you applied this form of thinking to his own ethical principles, they'd fall apart. Now, the, again, the world, love many, much of the world, especially conservative movements around the world, loves to borrow from the Christian worldview, but does not want to submit to the God of heaven and earth.
0: Exactly what role does the word what in that sentence uh play and is and real all of those are equally mysterious questions that are embedded within the question itself and so those have to be taken apart and that annoys people when i do that but it doesn't matter because when you ask about what's fundamental you have to make sure that the tools that you're using to ask about what is fundamental are as fundamental as the question that you're trying to answer and
1: what's what's the foundation of everything um god before this world is spoken into existence. God was. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. He does not change. Uh, we need to, in order to understand this creation, we need to go to the creator. And, and you're, you're, you know, in the former, you're ignoring the obvious. And by ignoring the obvious, you're going to go down these r- routes that are just absurd and frustrating. You cannot make sense of this world without God. That's very, very difficult.
0: I mean, because we are all split about what we mean. It's impossible.
1: Not just difficult, it's impossible. If you become the measure of truth and reality, it's impossible. You're all going to have different views and all that. And by the way, you are a speck of dust. With a tiny frame of reference compared to the god who knows everything and by whom all things came to be
0: a real too like because we we certainly all believe at least to the degree that we are rational and scientific which isn't that much by the way we certainly believe that insofar as we're capable we're not rational
1: for one reason depends on what you mean by rational i suppose but because Unless you have submitted to God, unless you've been born again, you're going to be irrational because you're you're fighting against the truth of God. Again, it, it's it's the proverbial person who's found the book, and then you got a person coming along and saying, No, no, that book wrote itself. That's an irrational argument. Well, I don't know. Well, you can't know if somebody wrote that book. Well <laughs> um, You'd say that's pretty irrational because we we have the book and we know
0: there's a creator. Objective and the scientific is real, but we act as if the subjective is real as well. So we certainly act as if other people are conscious, for example, and that that matters and that they have free will even though we can't make a completely coherent case for that. You can't make a coherent case for that that can't be matched by an equally coherent case for the opposite, perhaps. Human reason.
1: It's two gods on display here. It is, and that small g for the the second god, the, the true god of heaven and earth, big G, the true god of heaven and earth versus the small g god of human reason. And that's kind of what happens with cults like the Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't understand the Trinity, so it's kind of tossed out. And Unitarians don't understand the Trinity either, so it's subjected to human reason. The Socinians during the Reformation and all the things like that.
0: At least it's debatable. But we certainly act as if other people are responsible for their actions, and so are we, and deserve to be rewarded when they're good, and deserve to be punished when they're not good.
1: Uh, the he- you know <laughs> when we're not good, we- for all of sin to fall short of the glory of God. This is why we. Str- this is why fallen man struggles to accept God, because if he sees how infinitely good and righteous God is, and how holy He is, he realizes that not for a single second of his single, <laughs> not for a single second of his life, has he ever loved God as much as he ought to love Him. So he shuns Him. It's an unattainable standard, but Jesus Christ has obeyed the law perfectly in our place. Anybody who doesn't come to Christ, it's because of pride, it's because of rebellion, it's because we want to play some part in our own salvation. We don't want to think that it's completely and utterly dependent, beginning, middle, and end on another.
0: The Lord Jesus Christ. And so we seem to accept those ethical propositions and an ethical landscape is real. So, well, so suffice it to say that all these things are very complex. I mean, you
1: unravel everything and he even says, I think he sees it when he argues it out, everything becomes unraveled. Even the things that he says are real. It's to borrow an expression from one of my professors at college. It's like, you know, sitting on a branch and sawing off and just sawing it off. That's kind of like what you're doing. You're using much of the Christian worldview, but you're also attacking it at the same time.
0: And I, I, in some sense, I feel when I'm asked that, that question is that I'm asked for a final answer. And like, man, I'd be pretty happy if I had a final answer, but I
2: don't have a final answer. <laughs> I know, because you're looking for, for knowledge and, instead of faith. But, uh, well, I'm just not bright enough. <laughs> I just don't have it within. <laughs> I have it in me. Jordan, like, I was looking Look, we... the, the yeah.
0: issue with Christianity, sorry. It, no. It, well, you know, I see Christianity from a the historical perspective as an extension of a, of a discussion about the ideal that...
1: And I know it. It sounds like a humble answer. I'm just not bright enough. Um, because you're again, you're like going. I have. To, you're starting off with the, the the. I suppose you could say the enormity of God and all this kind, of, but we know that God exists. We don't know Him exhaustively, in every single part of Him. But we know He's all knowing. He's in control of everything. That we don't, we don't struggle with it intellectually. We struggle with it morally. We struggle with the implications of it. We struggle with the moral darkness because the fall not only has affected our hearts and our affections, it's also affected our intellect, by the way. It has. Realize this. Smart people, and no matter how smart they are, they have been affected by the fall as well. We get kind of annoyed, I think, sometimes with, with people who are very intelligent and don't, you know, go the, ne- the next little bit. However, realize this, that the their intellect has been affected by the fall and has also been darkened by the fall. That's what we mean, you know, in the Reformation total... Depravity, it doesn't mean man's as evil as he could be, but it has affected all of his faculties, including the intellect, including the will, his heart, and everything else. And unless and until the Lord takes pity upon him, he's going to keep continuing on in the slavery.
0: Pray for him. Back tens of thousands of years before the establishment of Christianity. There are precursors to what Christ represents in Mesopotamian thought and in Greek thought and and powerful, profound precursors. Um, But the idea changed, right? It transformed. And I don't know why it transformed. I don't know what the meaning of that is. It's not nothing. I have no idea why Christianity sprang out of nowhere and dominated the world in the mere span of 2,000 years. It's, It's a great mystery. Psychologically, I see it as part of the extended conversation about the nature of the ideal. Metaphysically, I'm at a loss. I I don't know what to make of it, and so I keep trying to sort it out and to straighten it out in my own head. And I share that with people, but it's the best that I can do.
2: Well, it's very. It is very so, useful, Jordan. I wish I could continue this conversation with you for another hour.
0: So
1: um, yeah, I said a comment on that. It was only like what two hours before this program started. I was actually. I was going to do a different program entirely um, on another topic, but hopefully we'll get a chance to cover that in Tuesday, hopefully. Uh, hopefully we'll be... I'm going to listen back to this program. Hopefully it doesn't sound... Hopefully it sounds okay. Um, hopefully the video is okay. And um, again, because I'm going through a different laptop to do the program before obs was crashing on um that's the streaming software that i have it was crashing on mac now it's going through windows and apparently it works with better in windows so hopefully it's okay hopefully it's okay hopefully the audio is okay and the video is okay and hopefully we can do this again in x2 see otherwise we'll just uh see what our other options are if you have any questions feel free um to Give them away, um, or ask away in the in the chat. Um, remember, if you miss this program and you're listening to this after the fact, you can Tuesday nights nine p.m. UK time, you know, GMT. You can know, just have to Google whatever time zone that is around the world, and we'll be starting at that time. And also, you know, so if you want to participate. There's been great chat discussion in the chat room this evening. And that's great. And, uh, it's, and sometimes some thoughts and topics that I hadn't thought of. And so it's, 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 it's great up to me. Um, and, uh, if you have topics you would like me to cover in, the next program or whenever, please email me at megiddo radio at gmail.com. That's megiddo radio, M-E-G-I-D-D-O radio at gmail.com. Please keep uh, the program in your prayers, especially the live version. Hopefully we can get back to regular programming. Hopefully this new format works. And, um, Really appreciate your support and your patience over the last few weeks as we try to get back to some element of normality with the program. This has been Paul Flynn. May God bless you all.